This is Behind the Brush by St. Jack. You can always make something work in your situation for what you want to do. So like I knew I was too young to obviously work at Mac or to own my own business, but I was like, I'm just going to do all I can and what I can at this point so that when I get older, it's just easier. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Behind the Brush. My name is Beth Wilson. I'm a makeup artist and also the founder of St. Jack. And honestly, I am over the moon that you've decided to join me today. On this podcast, I'm talking to the best makeup artists from all over the country about how they've created their amazing careers and their best advice for anyone wanting to do the same. When I had the idea for this podcast, I immediately knew who I wanted to be my first guest. I'd met Jack Kale a few times after being a total pathetic fangirl of his work. And you know, they say never meet your idols, but they were absolutely wrong in this case because his energy absolutely matches his phenomenal talent. He is a ray of human sunshine with wisdom beyond his years. Named by Elle magazine as one of Melbourne's best makeup artists, Jack is an absolute delight. It was such a pleasure to have him on the podcast and I know that whether you're an established artist already or you're just thinking about it or you're emerging, you're going to get so much out of this chat. Having said that, (laughs) if you enjoy this episode, it would honestly mean the world to me if you would hit that subscribe button and leave me a review, doll, because, you know, growth and validation, uh, (laughs) no, but really it would mean a lot to me to know that people are out there listening and enjoying, and I know it would mean a lot to Jack too. So that's enough for me. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Jack Kale. Jack Kale, welcome to Behind the Brush. Hi. Hello. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. You're my first ever guest. Oh my God. When you asked me to do this, I was like, yes, this is such a good idea. And I feel like this is such a good venture for you. And I'm definitely going to be listening to this podcast as soon as it comes out. So are you going to listen to your are you going to listen to your episode? Ooh. I don't know about my own. I don't like hearing <laughs> my own voice, but I'm definitely going to listen to all your other ones you do. It's cringe, but hopefully everyone's going to love it from us. But um, no, I was really excited for you to be my first guest because I knew, first of all, I love your story, but I love your energy and you're going to help me keep the vibes high while I struggle with this technology and we just (laughs) chat. That's it. And I'm so happy you asked me as well. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to start at the very beginning. So Mm -hmm. I want to know when you were a kid, What did you Mm -hmm. want to be when you grew up? Well, for some reason, when I was a really little kid, I always loved Barbies, Bratz dolls, like all these things. (laughs) And like, obviously used to play with mum's makeup and braid her hair. So I always knew it was going to be something in like beauty. And the older I grew up, I thought I would be a hairdresser. Like for some reason, I always thought I'd be a hairdresser. And I don't know when it turned into makeup but yeah when I was growing up I wanted to do hair well I mean that's pretty similar like that's Mm. in line I love that so if you don't really know when the shift happened how did Mm. you get started in makeup I'd say the shift and when I really became interested in makeup was probably around 14 or 15 and it was my dream to work at Priceline so <laughs> I'm from like Is that a small, still your dream? <laughs> still my dream, yes. Yeah. Still hoping for that. No. Um I actually grew up I'm not even sure if you know this, but I grew up in a small country town called Bendigo. So In Victoria? 
<laughs> yeah, Victoria. Oh, so I didn't I, know that. So I lived in Bendigo till I was about 13, 14, and yeah. then I moved to Adelaide. So when I lived in Bendigo, there was only one price line and it was kind of the only store that had makeup in it. Like there was no Mac, no, I don't even think there was Napoleon Purtis or anything. So, and I was only 13, 14. So I was like, you know, I want to work at Priceline. And then as soon as I moved to Adelaide, I got a job at Priceline. And I was like, it happened. Like I've achieved my dreams. And I'd say my love of makeup started then. So while I was working at Priceline, I was kind of doing all I could because I had decided then that I wanted to be a makeup artist and my love of makeup definitely started then so all through high school I knew I wanted to be a makeup artist even when I was in like year 10 year 11 I remember doing like I actually found it I can send you it if you want yeah definitely send it yeah on Facebook I created a group and invited all the girls from my high school and (gasps) said please let me do your makeup like I want to be a makeup artist let me try makeup on you it's only ten (laughs) dollars I was like $10 just to cover for the false eyelashes. <laughs> and then, and like, even at Priceline, I remember going out the back and like typing up a little poster being like, makeup, $50, just spend $50 on makeup and Jack will do your makeup. Like, Because that's not counter. a thing, right? Getting yeah. your makeup done at Priceline is not a thing. No, exactly. So I guess that's my advice has always been like, you can always make something work in your situation for what you want to do. So like I knew I was too young to obviously work at Mac or to own my own business. Like I was only 15, but I was like, I'm just going to do all I can and what I can at this point so that when I get older, it's just easier. So, you know, if you're young and listening to this, it's never too early. Like do your friend's makeups, do your family's makeups, like do anyone's makeup. Like everyone loves getting their makeup done. And something I always said to myself as well is, no one starts makeup and is good. Like even makeup by Mario when he first started would have been shit. Like <laughs> we're all going to do some shitty jobs. Yeah, So of you course. may as well get it done when you're young rather than when you're 25 or 30. Get it out you know of the way. Mean? Get it get out, it out, of, out the of the way. Because it has to be done. <laughs> yeah. When you're working in retail and you're not even meant to be doing it, just get it yeah. out of the way. <laughs> and you can blame it on someone else and someone else is there to back you up. Like you're not yeah. alone. <laughs> At the person's hotel room. So how, I guess, then did you progress from that point to working (laughs) at Mac? Because that's a big shift. Yeah, definitely. So I finished high school and was still working at Priceline. And then I went straight from high school into a makeup course. So I went to a makeup school in Adelaide. And I'd say within six months of studying at that school, actually, probably within three months of working at that school, I got a job at Mac. So exactly what you said, I felt like it was a huge jump going from Priceline to Mac. And like, this was when I was 18 or 19. So like a while ago, and you probably can relate, like Mac used to be such a thing. Getting a job at Mac as a makeup artist was the dream. Like you used to go on YouTube and be like, oh my God, how do I get a job at Mac? Like, what are they going to ask you? Like, what do you wear? Like, and this was in Adelaide as well. So there was only three or four Mac stores and no Mecca, no Sephora, nothing. So like if you were a makeup artist, you got a job at Mac and it was like the biggest deal. So 
anyway I got that job and that was like the most exciting day ever when I got the phone oh my call God. I can imagine it's like the whole mm. um thing from Devil Wears Prada a million girls would kill for that job yeah and like everyone in my makeup course they all wanted it as well and like it was a little bit awkward but I was like whatever I'm going for it you're like whatever hair flip it's me yeah it's me <laughs> I'm the max boy now <laughs> when you're working there I guess it's still retail but you're doing clients I'm guessing you're kind of back to back more doing makeup like what did mm-hmm. you love about working there what did you hate about working there did you like the mm-hmm. retail side of things I loved the retail side of things I think the situation I was in like the environment I was in I was in a David Jones store in Adelaide and I just loved that store it was a lot less like fast-paced than especially the stores in Melbourne I loved that because I'm a people person and I love being around women as well so if someone came in and asked for one product having the time to sit them down and talk them through five and try them all on them and have a conversation and you know make them fall in love with the products and the application like that's what I loved about it because I love talking and spending time with people you're like one of those special people who work at a store that actually wants to connect with you and genuinely Mm -hmm. help you not be like here's velvet teddy see ya (laughs) yeah literally because I don't like that it's kind of like what I was saying before. I loved absorbing everything that Mac had to give me. And there was a lot of training that had like these certifications. So you kind of do like these exam sort of thing. And there was a lot of reward and things to work on. So I just absorbed everything like a sponge. Like I loved it. Out of interest, I wonder, because I actually didn't realize that you did go to beauty school before that. Mm-hmm. Was there one or the other that you felt like was more valuable in building your skills as mm-hmm. an artist? Definitely. So I didn't. I dropped out of my makeup course. Beauty school dropout. (laughs) I'm a beauty school dropout. That's it. Love that for you. (laughs) Exactly. Like I left with some qualification. There's all these like set two, set three, blah, blah, blah. And I was doing the diploma, which was four days or five days a week for a year. And kind of like your question, I was working at Mac and I was like, I'm getting so much more from Mac than I am at school. And school is bloody expensive and it's nine to five, four days a week. I was like, why am I doing this? It's so expensive makeup school and... It's so expensive and, I mean, I definitely see the value in it. I didn't go Mm -hmm. to school. I did, like, a four-day full-on course. Mm -hmm. But um, even for me, like, working mobile, freelance, doing jobs like that instead of taking out the time to go to school for the way I learned was just much Mm -hmm. more valuable. I suppose you get really rich, diverse experiences that way. But it's just interesting, I guess, having you do that side-by-side and then noticing, Mm -hmm. actually, no, in this environment, I'm really refining all of the skills, not just the artistry, but also your people skills. Exactly. That's a really good point. And I think there's a time and a place for makeup school. And I think that everyone should go do a four day or like a cert two or whatever. Like even girls in high school, you can do a cert two, I think, like one night a week. And that's really good to kind of learn the hygiene, just get your foot in there and just meet some people and try some new things. But the diploma, it's so much special effects. It's hair. It's all these different things. And you really don't need it unless you want to step into those kind of jobs. And those, I think, especially special effects, that's Mm -hmm. a very specific thing that unless you really want to be potentially in film and television, Mm -hmm. that you don't, it's rude to say, waste your time doing it. Mm -hmm. But you have to, I suppose, be critical about what you're spending your time doing. Mm -hmm. And if that's not serving you, 
How else can you maybe get those skills? I completely agree. As well, what you said before about, do you want to sit down and study these really technical things like special effects? Because if you do, then go for it. But if you want to do kind of like what I do or what you do or working in bridal, it's better to be out there learning on the job because makeup is creative. You can't read it and then do it. It's all about doing it over and over and over again. And you can't do that when you're studying. So I always give that advice to people starting out is get a job in retail because you have every age every skin tone all different kinds of people that you're practicing on every single day and it's the best way to get your skills going so you're working there things are going really well your craft is really improving and you're refining your own style it makes more sense to me now that you moved back to Mm -hmm. melbourne because you lived in bendigo but Mm -hmm. what inspired that move because how old were you when you moved to Melbourne City. I moved to Melbourne on my 21st birthday. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Happy birthday. Yay. <laughs> it was a intense birthday, but my dad has always lived in Melbourne, so I know I had someone to move in with. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, I always knew I was going to live in Melbourne. Even when I lived in Bendigo, I knew at some point I'd be in Melbourne. And I guess it was just a question of when rather than if I was going to. And like, I love moving because I moved from Bendigo to Adelaide. And that was a huge move as well, like in such a formative time when I was 13, 14. And that was just the best move ever. Like, I love meeting new people. I love that you can move somewhere and start a whole new life. And the opportunities that come are just so big. When I moved from Bendigo to Adelaide, my dream was to work at Priceline. You know what I mean? And if I had never made those big moves, like my dreams wouldn't have come true and I wouldn't, yeah, and have all these new dreams that I have. So I think that speaks volumes about your character though. I think it's quite rare, particularly at that young age for people to see a move like that as an opportunity and something exciting rather than, I know if I had moved schools at that age, I would have been Mm -hmm. terrified. But I think that just, again, shows the clarity of, you know, your dream and what you were looking to achieve in the long term. So I guess yeah. based on that, you weren't scared at all? Or <laughs> Yeah. I mean, my move to Melbourne, it was so exciting because it was something I had always wanted to do. But I think socially it's scary. Of course, it's easy to move somewhere and be like, oh my God, there's all these new work opportunities. But it takes a while to make friends and build up like a personal life in a new city. And, you know, not moving with school or anything like you kind of have to go out and make your own friends so the personal life kind of scared me a little bit but I was so excited to come for work I guess being a bit older now I can look at the idea of moving overseas and I'm really excited by that but definitely I think it's always about the things that you can't replace or replicate and that's always Mm going to be your friends or your family so you've come back to Melbourne it's your 21st Mm -hmm. birthday You get a job at Mac in the city? Yes, Melbourne Central. Yeah, it was so different. Like, you know, the Melbourne Central store, it's like... Super tiny. tiny, tiny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Adelaide and Melbourne are such different cities. Like, even just in size. Like, in in Adelaide, there was maybe five or six Mac stores when I left. And in Melbourne, there was, like, I don't know how many, but they were everywhere. Mm -mm. And it just became more of, like, a transactional store rather than like you know how everyone used to get them formal down at mac or like anytime they were going to an event it was always mac it was a bit lesser that there was like mecca sephora like all like freelance makeup was really popping off i think it was just different than what i thought it would be i suppose if i think back to when that might have been because that was around 2017 i think 
when yeah. you moved, if my stalking serves me. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> if that was around, well. I've done my research. So if that was around 2017, I suppose, in terms of freelance makeup artistry, that's really when Instagram is starting to pop off. You can yeah. geotag, you know, your work and say Melbourne, hashtag mm-hmm. Melbourne makeup artist, people can find you, which I mm-hmm. suppose leads me to my next question because you didn't last very long at Melbourne yeah. Central Mac <laughs> in, the, in the nicest way possible. I don't think yeah. you got booted out. But yeah. um, to see that you really took the leap from working in retail and then so quickly mm-hmm. you were like, I'm done with retail, I'm going mm-hmm. out on my own. we got to mm-hmm. talk about that. Like, first of all, yeah. how? Okay, so I don't know if this comes down to my star sign because <laughs> I'm a Gemini <laughs> and it's like the twins. <laughs> You're like, Why I'm a Gemini? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> truly. <laughs> but um, if I'm in it, I'm in it. And if I'm not, I'm not. Do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know how I was saying when I worked at Mac, you know, the few years before in Adelaide, like I just loved it. I was absorbing everything. I was going so hard. And then for some reason when I moved to Melbourne, it was just done. I was not <laughs> doing very well. I wasn't engaged. Like it just wasn't working. And if something's not sparking my passion, I just get so ugh by it. So I was like, I just need to move on. I'd say within the first six months of moving to Melbourne, I did a vision board. I had a lot of Melbourne freelance vibes on it. So I had lots of faces I wanted to do. I had just photos of people working. I had lots of photos on there and I've pretty much done everything that was on there and did everything that was on that vision board. But it just kind of naturally came to me that I wanted to work for myself. Something that I don't think you know, but I had a job in between Mac and freelance Oh, so no, I didn't know. I actually was a teacher at a makeup school. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys could see me now, my jaw is dropped. This is <laughs> <Yeah>. new information. <laughs> so you know how I was just talking before about special effects stuff? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was teaching. Oh, <laughs> so how was, did they let you do that? <laughs> I know. I was like, I should not be teaching. Oh, stuff. my God. But look, it was fun. And like they trained me up in it before I taught it. And that was my job in between Mac and freelancing. But were you freelancing at the same time that you were teaching? Yeah. So I was really juggling both. And it actually was really hard to juggle both. I was like getting my shifts covered all the time. Like I was getting really busy with my freelance stuff. And it just became too much. Yeah. So that's a quality problem to have that you have this job in special effects, which makes absolutely zero sense to me. Yeah. (laughs) It was more than special effects. It was actually lash extensions. (laughs) It was like, what else? And you know how much I love you and your work, but that is like not right. (laughs) It was not. A vibe. I was like, where am I? Not a vibe. Pray for the people who were in your class who were like doing the world's worst special effects. (laughs) I was like, I do not know what's happening, but let's just try it out. But look, I I always try. You know what I mean? I never say no to anything. I just give it a shot. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just roasted you on a No, completely valid. Yeah. So I guess you're doing the special effects. And then what I want to know is, it's a quality problem to start then juggling freelance clients, but where did they come from? Were they people that you had met while you were working at Mac? Yeah. So definitely like I had met a few people at Mac and I had kind of started posting on Instagram, 
And, like, it was happening very slowly that way. Like, you know, when someone's like, oh, my cousin, this needs her makeup done for whatever, can you do it? Like, that kind of word of mouth vibe. But Instagram was really starting to take off. And this is still when I lived at my dad's house, so kind of that first six months in Melbourne. And I remember I would just go on Instagram. I'd look at my vision board of all the faces I wanted to do. I'd get on Instagram, find, like, literally, like, 20, 30, 40 people who I thought I wanted to do their makeup, I wanted to get a photo and I wanted them to post me if they wanted to. And I would do a spreadsheet, get all their emails and then I would just email them all. Hey, my name's this. I'm a makeup artist here in Melbourne. If you've got anything coming up and you'd like makeup done, please let me know. Um, And were you suggesting that you would do it for free, like in exchange for a post? I was suggesting I would do it for free, but my tip with that is I never, ever asked anyone to post or never ask for anything in exchange because I feel like that adds a lot of pressure. Mm. My mentality has always been like, if you do their makeup really well, it's their face. They're going to have to post a photo. Because they look so hot. Exactly. Like I know some people who were a little bit more like, hey babe, can I do your makeup in exchange for a story and this, you know what I mean? But my mentality was always like, hey, I'd love to do your makeup. I just want you to try me out and, you know, it would be lovely to glam you. And then instead of focusing on the Insta, just be like, I'm just going to focus on making you look so good that you have to post a photo. And if you post a photo, you have to tag me. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. But also I guess it's that, which is awesome mm-hmm. for getting more new clients. But it's if mm-hmm. I make you look so good, mm-hmm. there's not a chance that you won't want to book me again. Exactly. Like you need to have me in your life. I love the idea of the spreadsheet. Because it's so methodical and, you know, you really have to sell yourself and you have to say, I, you know, have a soft approach, introduce yourself, no pressure, but would love mm-hmm. to do that. And I think mm-hmm. it's really essential when you're starting out, if you do want to be a freelance makeup artist, to have those relationship building skills because mm-hmm. otherwise it ain't going to happen. Yeah, I completely agree. Even writing people's names down is kind of like a form of manifestation, like thinking about who you want to do, why you want to do their makeup and what you want from that makeup application. I wasn't just choosing anyone who had a certain amount of followers. I was choosing people who I thought maybe they, I really like who they are as a person and I would like to align myself with them or maybe someone didn't even have followers, but I just thought I could get a really good picture with them and we could work together on a shoot or something like Think about why you're messaging that person and kind of focusing it around that rather than just being like, oh, yeah, I'll do anyone's makeup. Yeah, being yeah very specific and not casting Mm -hmm. the net so wide because I think Mm -hmm. especially now, maybe less so then, but I think we all have such different styles and clients Mm -hmm. have different expectations. Like you've got really heavy full glam, you've got Mm -hmm. really soft natural bridal and all these different things. Mm -hmm. You have to choose quite specifically, especially today, I think, if you were going to do that kind of reach out method. Who is it that aligns with you stylistically? as well like Mm -hmm. not just on a personality level so that's so true well thanks (laughs) yeah like that's so true (laughs) (laughs) bring you the truth since 2021 yeah Yeah, so I think that's what I was trying to talk about before with Instagram like it was so much more organic back then because it was less common for this to happen like it was really on that rise of like collabing and like doing things for you and you do it for me and like doing posts whereas things are so much more heavily sponsored now and stuff. Do you know what I mean? So I remember I emailed 
this one person and they replied the same day and said, do you want to do it tomorrow? And I was like, of course. And this goes back to my advice before. I'd never asked for a post. I never asked for a story, nothing. I was like, I just want to do your makeup and just hang. Like, you know, I've just moved to Melbourne. I'd love to do makeup, like whatever. Anyway, I just focused on doing her makeup as good as I could. And then I got home and was just like sitting on the couch and she didn't do a story. She did an in-feed post saying. That's big. That's big real estate. Yeah. Literally an in-feed post saying he really cared. Like he asked me about my eye shape and he made sure the makeup suited my eye shape and this, that, this, that. And it was just so amazing when she posted that. This was Snejana, who I love. An angel. A full angel. And she just did the most beautiful post. And she was kind of like one of the first people I did. Mm. And yeah, with Instagram's algorithm back then or whatever, like the authenticity of it, I gained so many followers. From that one post? From that one post, yeah. Were you really surprised? I was surprised, yeah. Because I was just surprised that it was a full post. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, rather than like a story, like, yeah, you guys can't see me. I'm like swirling around. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't one of those ones. It was like, I don't know. She's such a beautiful person. So that was really sweet of her. And, yeah. Was that the beginning of the the avalanche? Kind of. That showed me how much you could get from doing someone's makeup, I guess. And even just having the photos of her, like people were reaching out. But then I just kept doing it. I kept making my spreadsheets of email addresses and just working with people, connecting with people. And it really worked. Like I started doing heaps of people's makeup who had a bit of a following on Instagram and then my own business was taking off really well. So then I left the school. Left the school. See ya. Yeah. It's time for me See to ya. spread my wings. Exactly. So you were doing like Nadia Bartel and Olivia Molly Rogers. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, yeah, you're building up that following. You're building up that quite famous like celebrity mm-hmm. clientele. Yeah. So was it around then that you opened a studio? Yes. So I really took a leap and like <laughs> I... I don't know if I was saying this before, but with my personality, it's like in or out. So Yeah, because you're a Gemini. I'm a Gemini, exactly. <laughs> so, and I was in at this point and I was like, you know what? I'm going to quit my full-time job. At the same time, I'm going to sign a lease for a makeup studio in Paran. And I'm also going to move out of my dad's house and sign a lease for an apartment <laughs> all while quitting my job. That sounds like like a very financially stable and safe thing to do. I was like, why not? Like, we're doing it. Let's do it. That's amazing. So when was that? Is that like the beginning of 2018? I think so. Around then. Are you still in the same studio? I'm still in the same studio and I'm still on the same street. That is like work and life and your career becoming so real. And I guess this is part of the reason why I really wanted to do this podcast is I feel a lot of the time people focus on makeup artists for what they can give them in terms of what product are you using, what technique do you do, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But really being a full-time makeup artist freelance, working for yourself, that is a business. Like you are Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur. So Mm -hmm. I suppose I'm interested to know, like, what did you find really challenging Mm -hmm. in that time? Like what was the hardest part about taking that leap? I think like not having anyone to bounce off or anyone even just there for support. So like when you're working at a makeup store or whatever, like there's always a manager or there's always someone else you might not need them, but to know that there's someone there to help you out if things don't work out or whatever, you know what I mean? But yeah. when you work by yourself, there is no one else. If something happens, it's all on you. 
like if your client's late and then the next one's late and then the next person after that is complaining, there's no case of like, all right, let me get my manager to call you or whatever. It's like, it's you, you're in, Mm. it's your day you're running. You have to work it out yourself while trying to do someone's makeup. So I think that is something I didn't realize, but something else is not saying no. So basically like you take this leap of working for someone else to working for yourself and you just don't say no. You're like, I've taken this leap. I'm not going to say no to anyone. And I was working so bloody much, like sometimes seven days a week I was working. And you're like, you know, it's my business. I need to, I can't say no to money like this, that, or I, I can't say no to that person or they'll go somewhere else or whatever. So I think people tend to burn out because they feel like they can't say no. But now yeah. I understand that you need balance. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, it sounds like you would struggle with work-life balance. I mean, certainly when that's your only source of income, mm-hmm. you kind of feel like, you know, you got to say yes to everything because you don't want them to mm-hmm. think, oh, well, Jack's out. So next time I have something, I'm not even going to ask. Mm-hmm. But I think that mm-hmm. there's so much value once you kind of get yourself to that position to know when to say no, not only to protect like mm-hmm. your mental health and, you know, mm-hmm. yourself, but, you know, sometimes there are jobs that come up that you just don't want to do. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's I like agree. really yucky to say, but like sometimes they're just like not, not worth it. I don't, I don't know yeah. how to put it. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to yeah. pick the jobs that are right for you. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Just because you work for yourself doesn't mean you can't say no. Something that someone told me was time is money as well. So just because you're saying no to a job and you're losing out on that money, like your time is worth something as well. So even though you're not working for money, maybe you're going to spend that time recharging and then you're going to have a better week or a better weekend with your clients. Or maybe instead of doing that, you're going to do your emails and that's valuable as well. You need to get those done. Not everything is about money and time is Mm -hmm. money. So value your time. I completely agree. I mean, I can relate to that so much a few Mm -hmm. years ago and not saying no to anything. And then Mm -hmm. at the end of these jobs, I would feel so burnt out. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. feel like I was kind of living in my light. Like I wasn't doing my Mm -hmm. best Mm -hmm. work and it just Mm -hmm. wasn't, it wasn't worth it in that way, I suppose. And yeah, time is definitely money. And whether you spend that time working or not doesn't really matter. And I Mm -hmm. think when you work for yourself, you can kind of feel guilty if you're Mm -hmm. not like constantly hustling, but just the same way that you have boundaries. If you worked a nine to five, you've Mm -hmm. got to put it in those boundaries for yourself. A hundred percent. I kind of think of it like, say you're moving house and you pay a removalist. You're like, oh, I'm going to lose $200. But it's like time is money as well. Like you're going to spend that time instead of moving all your furniture by yourself. You can spend that time doing something valuable that's going to make the future better. So does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. And I am absolutely one of those people in Mm -hmm. life and in business where I'm not afraid to outsource things to people who I think would do that task better than me so that I can spend my time doing things that bring me joy And I think that that's a really important lesson to teach anyone who's thinking about becoming a makeup artist or someone who already is one Mm -hmm. to value your time on -hmm. the whole, not just say, all my time must be working. Exactly. And like working can mean different things as well. Like working doesn't always have to be you with a client. If I didn't have any time off, I wouldn't have been able to do Faces by Jack or, you know, all these other kind of like things I've been doing or I wouldn't have time to expand my business. 
So mm-hmm. that's why saying no to things and making sure you have time off is important because you're still working. It's just on different things. It's like you with St. Jack. If you were doing clients all day, every day, like not that we could in lockdown anyway, but like <laughs> you wouldn't have built such an amazing business. Yes. Well, thank you. Um, but a hundred percent. I And you know, it's something that I have to think about moving into next year. And we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Where is my time going to be spent? Because you only have 24 hours in a day. And as mm-hmm. the brand gets bigger, what do I do? How do I make that work? So potentially I have to bring someone on to pack orders if that makes yeah. sense for me so that I can have exactly. more time to do clients. So yeah, you've just got to balance it out. But I mean, that was the perfect segue into uh, yeah. what I want to talk to you about next. If we mm-hmm. rewind to just a year ago, we're stuck okay. at home. Hello, COVID. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Welcome back to my channel. COVID. COVID. <laughs> you can't do clients. So you start with a few new projects. The first one I want to talk about, which I think is super interesting, is Jack Liner. Okay, so Jack Liner, I had actually been using these particular lip liners that I was getting manufactured and I was selling them to my clients. This was long before Jack Liner launched. And in lockdown, I was like, why don't I put these online and sell them and like they were the best lip pencils I still use them they're great I love them Um, well lucky for some who could get their hands on one yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm just boasting about them you can't buy them Um, (laughs) so and I was like this is so fun like I'm just gonna order a whole bunch I'm gonna get custom packaging like I loved them and I did it I was studying a lot. I did kind of like short courses, like how to make a website, how to sell, how to get packaging. Like I did the whole thing. And then (laughs) I launched it and it was a bit bigger than what I thought it would be and what Mm -hmm. I was ready for as well. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, they were always going to be a bit more of like a limited edition sort of vibe. Like I was never planning on putting them in stores or doing anything. And I still sell them at my studio um, oh so this yeah. is how to get one <laughs> yes I still sell them at my studio and apply them on people a lot however like the e-commerce thing was bigger than what I thought it would be I think you can totally relate with like mm-hmm. how much goes into running an e-commerce store and yeah. just knowing what I had coming as well in terms of like so many backed up weddings so many reschedules I probably had one of the busiest times ever approaching and yeah jack liner sold out so much quicker than what i thought it would it was just like, for anyone playing along at home it literally mm-hmm. sold out in minutes even before yeah. jack could put the post on your feed yeah. it was gone <laughs> meanwhile i'm sitting in my pajamas at home in lockdown like get me this lip liner and i didn't even yeah. get one so yeah oh, i'll give you one <laughs> oh, that's all i've been that's all i've been fishing for is like where's yeah. my lip liner <laughs> Where is my little one? Yeah. Um, I guess that ties into my advice of like pick what you want to do and go yeah. hard with that. And like there's no shame in trying things and deciding to go another way. And like that's always an opportunity for me in the future as well. Like I loved doing it and I loved waking up the next morning and like spending the day packing all the things and going to the post office and all that stuff. But I just realized I also wanted to do my clients and work Mm -hmm. really hard on that so like I didn't cancel anything but I just took them offline and just took 
the foot off the pedal a little bit before it became too much for what I wanted. Yeah. Because it definitely, I mean, just based on the fact that we know that it sold out so Mm. quickly, we know that it did and does have that potential, but I find Mm. that particular project and that story so interesting because Mm. we've been talking about it. You got to test out what makes sense to you and what fulfills you and brings you joy. Mm. It's like, obviously you experience massive success with that. And Mm. then there's no shame in being like, loved that. That was awesome in COVID, kept me busy. I don't necessarily want to do that in the immediate future, but you learned a lot. Exactly. You had fun, like on to the next, you know? Mm, but it's really yeah. hard <laughs> oh my god there's so much more than what you think there is it's so much more so and you're doing so good by the way like you're i can just see your brand oh going you're such an global. angel we're going global baby going mr global. worldwide <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> This episode is sponsored by St. Jack Cosmetics, home of the Makeup Cleaning Mist. The Makeup Cleaning Mist kills bacteria on the surface of your makeup, brushes, and tools, preventing acne and infections like conjunctivitis. Oh my God, gross. (laughs) Plus, it's 100% Australian-made, cruelty-free, and vegan-friendly. As a special thank you for listening in to the first ever episode of the pod, St. Jack is offering you 15% off your next order. Simply head to stjack.com.au and use code BRUSH15 at checkout. Now, let's get back to the show. We fast forward not too long ago then to March. I mean, Melbourne listeners, you would know we've been in and out of lockdown that many times, but I think it was in March you launched your next project. And I just feel like this was something that was so in your blood because Mm -hmm. you launched Faces by Jack and that's your online makeup masterclass and you're sharing exactly how to do your iconic looks on your clients, right? Yeah. Talk me through this. I love this. Okay. So Faces by Jack was so much fun. As you know because you've been such a good support like I've done a few online classes with Secret Fox I've done quite a few in-person master classes and I love educating and I just feel like that's such like a natural progression for when people are asking you for education you need to listen to them people were always commenting or dming like how do I do this how do I do this what light is this or you know what I mean so the light let's just take a moment for the light we've got to talk about this because I'm using the light right now as we record this podcast Jack you need to share the light with everyone in case they don't okay so I don't use it anymore this is such a funny story I'm gonna throw my my light off the balcony yeah we're done with those (laughs) (laughs) so me and my friend went to Bunnings (laughs) I love this. Drop some cash. We bought a few different ones, actually, but we bought basically a yellow flood lamp <laughs> from Bunning. <laughs> if anyone wants to get one, I'm trying to actually read it and it's blinding me. It's called yeah. an Arclec, A-R-L-E-C. <laughs> I still use it. I like it. <laughs> Look, I'm going to, like, bring it out again. It's in my garage. I'm actually going to use it because it was really good. I don't know why. I bought the makeup lights because I saw right. another makeup. I mean. I Using yeah, I mean, look, I feel like the Arclec thing is like 80 bucks and the makeup light is like 500 or something. It's, I yeah, mean, we're all <laughs> we're all on an Arclec budget waiting to get the makeup yeah. light. But I just remember this Bunnings light. I did, <laughs> this was ages ago. 
like, I don't know what year, 2019 or something, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. But I did this masterclass and I was like, you have to come and, like, see what light I use. And I was like, pulled out this Bunnings <laughs> And then, like, I'm not going to say everyone started using it because, like, it's not that big of a deal. But, like, people love it. Like, so no, many of my friends. it was a big do- deal. It was a big deal because I remember, so I watched you on The Secret Fox. And, by the way, if you guys don't know what The Secret Fox is, go look it up on Instagram because it is an amazing education uh, platform. Um, but you used the line on The Secret Fox and you were like, it's my best kept secret. And I'm like, it's actually your worst kept secret. Yeah, <laughs> literally worst kept everyone used <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, but like, so you use the light in your faces yeah. by Jack, which we should really get back to. <laughs> yes, okay, faces by Jack. Anyway, yeah, people were asking questions and I just thought, like, let's answer those questions in a class where anyone can buy it anywhere and watch it at any time. And also I really loved, like, I loved creating. It's not a movie, but it's, I don't know, a, a video. because it's-, it's quite cinematic, though. I've done quite a few <laughs> online classes like that. And your the yeah. aesthetic of yours was very unique, I'd say. Yes. Thank you. I loved creating it. And I worked with this amazing girl named Jasmine to create it. And she had just like the best vision that just aligned with what I wanted so much and we like had different cameras and little camcorder to get those kind of like grainy moments mm. and like Mika was my model who was just like so she's stunning yeah she's amazing and yeah it was just so much fun creating it as well yeah I just love it and also I would say that the way that you teach things you're very meticulous you're very specific but also the kind of nuggets of wisdom you give are very manageable. Like I've never felt too intimidated to then go give it a mm-hmm. crack. Thank you. That's oh, nice. you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, for the things that are out there, sometimes you watch it and things move too quickly and you get really confused yeah. and you're like, nah, in the bin, I don't know what's going on. Um, but you're very careful and detailed <laughs> and I just love that. But oh, what I'm interested in is since you have this platform now and it's something you would want to build on in the future because your aesthetic Mm -hmm. as an artist is going to continue to evolve. So I suppose there'll be more looks that you can add to that library. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, like what do you make of people who aren't willing to share Mm -hmm. those kind of industry secrets and tips Mm -hmm. or people who even might be um, reluctant to come talk on a show like this? Like, what do you yes. make of that? I think it's a hard thing. I think people react to things differently and everyone's just different, you know what I mean? And I think some people think that if they say something or say too much, then it becomes easier for other people to replicate their work or their business. But it just doesn't work like that. Like, an example I think about is I remember when I worked at Mac and do you know face charts? Like, where you yeah. paint the face yeah. chart with makeup. And they were so big, like everyone was doing them. And someone told me like the best way to learn is to try and get another one that someone else has done and try and replicate it. And she's like, even though you're going to use the same products and try and make it look like that, it never will look the same because everyone has their own style, their own flair and their own artistry. So just because you're going to say, this is what I use, I use this eyeshadow and this brush, it doesn't mean anyone can do it near as good as you can that like everyone does it in a in their own special way 
what's that thing that they teach kids? No one is you and that's your superpower. (laughs) That's it. I love that. That's it, baby. But it's so true. I mean, you know, I've been to quite a few masterclasses like yours and some of your mates and other people's Mm -hmm. like, and everyone is so, so, so different. Like if I Mm -hmm. go to a Janessa Myrick's masterclass, that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that tomorrow I can do what she does or that even necessarily I want to do everything that she does. I think it's about taking those bits and pieces Mm -hmm. from everywhere and really incorporating it into your own style. I just, Mm -hmm. I just think it's funny, you know, when you still hear of people who are like gatekeeping information mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I love that you don't do that and that you share with oh, people okay. because it's also so much more accessible for people who are like coming up and like emerging mm-hmm. to gain access to those classes online mm-hmm. than to go to beauty school to test the waters you know absolutely I know exactly what you mean yeah so I'm only a few years older than you not that you'd be able to tell because the Botox isn't happening oh at the God, moment you, no you're glowing you look <laughs> it's amazing. the Bunnings light you need to get it out um yeah. but when I look at what you've accomplished in such a reasonably short period of time like you are just so wise beyond your years and your career so far has been so incredible like what you've already achieved is something that people would dream of doing in many many years to come so really like this is just the beginning you know and we're coming out of lockdown soon the borders are opening up. So what do you want to do? Like what's next? What's next for me is definitely for me to be able to take anything further or go really hard with anything. I need to get traveling out of my system because last year I was supposed to be in Europe for three months working. I had 10 weddings booked in Greece and what that's so sad you could have lived your mama mia european summer fantasy <laughs> literally oh my god i had so much planned and i just need to do that before i do anything else like i'd even like to move overseas one day you know how i was saying i moved to adelaide and that was a big move and then to melbourne it was a big move like i feel like every time i do that just so much more happens and your dreams mm. get bigger and you look at new things and more opportunities come your way and you grow so i just feel like before I can kind of commit to anything else in Melbourne, such as, you know, more products or more classes or anything, I do need to go overseas for a bit and just get that out of my system and see what happens over there first. I mean, I feel like there's some sort of Mario and Kim relationship in your future, you know, like oh. where it's like the artist and the muse. Oh You've got to get one of those. Yeah. You've got to get one of those happening. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. I don't know how to explain it, but I can't, like, I don't like commitment as well. (laughs) Like, commitment (laughs) really. Is that a Gemini thing? (laughs) I don't know if that's a Gemini thing, but that's a Jack thing, definitely. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I, and I just feel I can't settle too much with anything until, yeah, I've tried everything, if that makes sense. And I love taking a risk and, Seeing what happens. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> We're so different that way. I'm so risk adverse. <laughs> really? I'm not. I'm like, let's go. I'm quitting well, my job. Let's find yeah, three leases well, at once. See ya. No, I'm yeah. a full blown Cancerian who's like homebody, oh gets homesick if I go to Byron Bay. So <laughs> I guess then maybe your vision board at the moment is traveling and things that are happening overseas. But I really want to talk about this vision board thing because I remember at your Beauty for Burn Masterclass you were talking about your vision boards and you mentioned it already, like that you have things on there and then they come true. So Mm -hmm. obviously you've got to align your action 
But like, talk yes. me through this. Like, where did this come from? Like, what role did they play for you? Um, I think, I think it kind of speaks to a bit of a mentality that I've always had. And I don't know where this mentality came from, but I've just always, I've never been a no person and I've never been a person that's ever thought that anything's impossible. And it's not like I ever had to teach that to myself or that I had to grow into that. It just doesn't work for me. Like saying no just doesn't work for me. Anything you want to do, I just believe that you can do it. Like nothing's too much and nothing's too crazy. Like just give it a go. And the worst thing that can happen is you just try again. So I think my vision boards I have done in the past and that have all kind of happened is just kind of like an aspect of that, just kind of like putting down what you want. And as well, it speaks to what I was saying before about knowing what you want and then doing everything you can to step that way. So for like a big example would be like when I was working at Priceline and I really wanted to work at Mac, Mac was my dream to work at. Like I really wanted to work there. And the thought of it was like, that's a pretty crazy dream, but I'm going to make it work. Like I even remember at Priceline, I had scanned the medicine or whatever and put it in the bag. And I remember folding it and taping it so precisely picturing that that's how I was going to do it at Mac. Oh my God. If that makes sense. like It does. That's beautiful. Yeah. Do anything you can to kind of emulate what you want. So I guess that works with my vision boards. Like I just, I think it's a way to get your mind to know what you want because it's so easy in life just to kind of like float through and be like, yeah, I'll do this. Yeah, I'll do that. And like, I just love sitting down and being like, what do I want? I really want to work for myself in my own business. I really want to have my studio. So let's print a picture of that and go towards that rather than flip-flopping through a million different things. Flip-flopping through a million different things. And I suppose doing a whole bunch of different jobs that are kind of all over the place rather than putting you on a reasonably straight line to the career that you want to have. Yes. And a good example actually is like, you, you know how many makeup artists do hair as well. And like, I've just had the mentality that like, no, I want to choose one thing and be on that path. Because if Mm -hmm. I'm doing hair, I feel like that's taking half the time out of makeup. So I would only be half as good as I am now or like half way down the path as I am now. (laughs) I would rather choose one and go, boom, let's get it. You know what I mean? Then kind of try and cover all bases. I think that that also speaks to having an abundance mentality because maybe if you feel like, oh, well, everyone else is doing hair, so I've got to do hair and I've got to include Mm -hmm. that in my service. It's like you don't believe that there would be people who would come to you to do makeup only and then maybe pop Mm -hmm. down the street for a blow wave if they need one. Like you have that confidence in you where you're like, Mm -hmm. no, like this is a service that I'm going to give. Yeah, And if you don't, it's actually something that my dad's always taught me. It's like, it's okay for people to say like, they're not the right client for me because there'll be another client. Yeah, I agree. That's a really good point. It's so easy to look at the people around you and compare yourself to them. Like Mm. really good example. Like everyone else is doing hair, so I need to do hair. And like, of course there's times where it would have been handy for me to do hair. Like sometimes people for a photo shoot be like, hey, we want hair and makeup. And I say, and they do makeup and they're like, oh, we need someone for both. And I'm like, that's okay. I'm not looking at people around me. I'm looking at people in LA, you know what I mean? Like people who I want to be like, and then aligning with that and making every decision I can to be like them. Like Mario Mm -hmm. doesn't do hair. 
you know I was what just I mean? thinking that it's like you got Mario and you got Jen mm. like you have a squad that's the whole idea of a glam squad you have you know? a squad exactly like the big big jobs they don't want one person doing both like they want one each no and it so, takes like double the time if the same person is doing all the stuff yeah. so no I love yeah. that so I suppose then I feel like I've learned so much about you especially oh. if you're a Gemini. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so if we focus maybe a little bit onto the future generation for a minute, mm-hmm. because um, having this conversation with you and like you sharing your experiences, it's so helpful for all of us, I think, to learn from each other. I think even mm-hmm. established makeup artists would get something out of this chat. So yeah. if you were starting out in 2021, with, you know, TikTok, what it is and Instagram, what it is now, you got video content reels, like what would you be focusing on as a way to get ahead? It comes back to what I was saying about like knowing what you want and going for that. So if you want to grow your Instagram page reels, absolutely. But before that, just know why you want to grow your Instagram page. Like, do you want to grow your Instagram page because you want to be a makeup influencer and get free products yeah and content creation yeah create content for people and get paid for that or do you want to build your instagram so that people can book you for makeup and definitely create your content around that but i do think and i think you'd agree like everything is about video like reels at the moment and all that stuff like if you post a good reel you can blow up you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so i would definitely give the advice to focus on that yeah, but my biggest piece of advice is know why you're posting it first. Don't just post it. Otherwise, it's just like a waste of followers. Like you're just getting followers for no reason. I definitely agree with that. So I suppose the last proper question I've got to ask you, mm-hmm. if you could give teenage Jack one piece of advice, either mm-hmm. as he was working in Priceline or dreaming that he could get into Priceline, what would you say to him? Like in terms of work and study, like don't go for the full diploma of makeup because it's a bit of a... You don't need it. Like, I didn't need to learn all those other things. So that probably would have helped out and saved me some money and time. I think just on a personal level, I'd just tell him to stop worrying so much about everything because I'm such a worry war and just, like, an overthinker and just be like, it's all going to be more than okay. Everything's going to be great. So just enjoy it and stop thinking about and worrying about things. So, yeah. Yeah, stop thinking about it and just do it. Just do it. Exactly. Yeah. And you're so right. You said it before. The worst thing that can happen is that you do it, you fail miserably, mm-hmm. you're on the concrete and you just get exactly. up. Like it's not a big deal. Everyone yeah. does it. Exactly. I have a good piece of advice actually for my teenage Jack. Yes. <laughs> teenage Jack needs it. Yeah. Stop asking people for advice who aren't where you want to be. People who don't work for themselves or own their own business, they are the ones that will always tell you, be careful, it's hard, there's not enough work out there, it's going to be really hard. If you ask anyone who actually works for themselves, most of the time they're like, oh my God, it's the best thing I ever did. I could never work for anyone else. But we get so focused on like asking everyone and getting validation and wanting everyone to be like, yes, it's a good idea. But yeah, don't... I would just say to younger Jack, don't look for validation or acceptance or anything from people who aren't where you want to be because some people are always just going to say, no, it's too risky, no, it's too risky. Like always ask the people who have taken that risk and they usually say, yes, do it. 
A hundred. Younger Beth was also big on external validation. And frankly, even up until the last few years, and as soon as I stopped looking for that and also looking Mm -hmm. for that in the wrong places, my -hmm. life is like 10 million times better. Yeah. So, see ya. It's so true. See ya. It's like you you do look for it everywhere and it's like you shouldn't be because someone who hasn't done what you're asking, how come they're telling you? not to do it what do they know nothing <laughs> nothing that's it no, that's, <laughs> and that's such good advice too. stop googling things young jack googling stop googling it i think i've used up just about enough of your time but before oh. i let you go we're gonna have to play a quick round of this okay. or that because it's my favorite okay are All you right. ready sounds good let's do it i have to prepare myself okay margarita or espresso martini margarita salty or sweet salty Kim or Kylie? Kim. Bronzer or highlighter? Bronzer. All very, very good answers. Yes. (laughs) I knew, like, every single one of them, I knew instantly what I wanted to choose. I knew you'd be a Kim. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm such a Kim. Like, I love her so much. She's the best. Well, Jack, thank you so, so much for being here. Like, you already know how grateful I am. um, Oh, my God. That you were my first guest, but I think we're going to see so much love for you come through for the people who listen to this and you're incredible. And most importantly, I can't wait to get my lip liner and for you to snatch my face. Yes. You have to come get your makeup done ASAP. Yes. In the the very unlikely event that people don't follow you already or know where to find you, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Jack Kale. Love that. Short and sweet. (laughs) Short and sweet. Love it. That's it, baby. I really hope that you loved listening to that conversation as much as I loved recording it. Jack is a living legend. And if you haven't seen his work, you've got to go check him out on Instagram or even better, go take his class on Faces by Jack. I have personally done several of his in-person and online masterclasses and without fail, every single time I leave with a new tip, trick, technique up my sleeve and I am a much better makeup artist for it. If you enjoyed this show, you already know it would mean so much to me if you would subscribe and maybe even leave me a cheeky little five-star review. I won't tell anyone. I cannot wait to see you again in a fortnight when I'm talking to another makeup legend with a capital L. But in the meantime, you can follow along with all of my antics on Instagram. You can find the brand at by St. Jack. That's B-Y St. Jack. Or you can follow along with my artistry at Beth Wilson underscore M-U-A.